Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, Allison, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Happy to be here. <laughs> You're our pilot for some new technology, some studio stream technology. So we're we're very excited that you're our guinea pig. I love to be the guinea pig. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, I you know we'll talk about EVP and work today, but I have to say the green room chat about dogs being way way nicer than cats might might be its own podcast all by itself. I think so. I think so. We could have like the pro cat people and the pro dog people and just like duke it out. I'm definitely on the side of pro dog though. They care you, much more about you than cats do, I think. They do. Well, you know, we have heard this countless times, but if you if you, if there's an accident and something happens in your home and you are yeah. you are left like you die, right? Horrible. <laughs> I know this is dark. We go dark real fast here, but and you die. A dog will sit by you until someone comes to the house to save you, to yeah. come and go check yeah. on you. A cat will eat your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a snack. <laughs> Fresh snack. Yeah, exactly. Cats evil. Care. Yeah, cats just eat. It's fine. Yeah. So, Allison, I have known you for years, uh, yeah. but for those who who do not know who you are, uh, why don't you give us what I like to call the escalator pitch? Why don't you tell us why we should uh, want to get to know Allison Cruz and, and why we should listen to what you have to say today? Oh, um, so I'm somebody who has a people and that has driven my career since college um, when I started off wanting to be a clinical psychologist then uh, didn't want to be anymore and thought hey recruiting this is a way that I can help people <laughs> and not be their therapist um, so then fell in love with social media and the intersection of recruiting um, I was started doing employer branding before it was called that before it's a thing um, and now I am a global employer brand leader at Baxter and just freaking love my job so Oh my God, that's fantastic. So when you say when you say global employment brand leader, what does mm -hmm. that sort of mean in a nutshell for, for, for recruiters out there who don't really get to play in the brand space or maybe aren't sure? Like what what does that mean? What are you, what are you delivering on the daily? Yeah, so that means that I am um, measuring and activating our employer brand, which is our reputation as a place to work um, as an employer of choice. And I am activating that, analyzing it, um, et cetera, across the employment lifecycle, both internally and, and externally. So it's more it's it's more than just marketing. It's just more than recruitment marketing. That's a part of it. But yep. it's also engaging, you know, our internal talents as well. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm kind of the, the steward of our brand. I love that. So it has been, I think, um, and I have a background in employment brand, but, but obviously I have been out of the practitioner circle for about six years now. Mm -hmm. uh, but the last year and a half to two years for me have just seemed like a really interesting time to be an employment brand. Yeah. So um, I'll ask you a really loaded question. Allison, what have you been up to? What, what, what's been going on in your world for the last year? So it's been quite a year for me. Um, and I know it's been a while since we caught up. So it, it's just, I've been heads down like crazy busy um, with launching Baxter's first employer brand that they've ever had. So Baxter, multinational global company, um, 90 years old, 
never had an employer brand before. So when I first got to Baxter a little over a year and a half ago, we were in the middle of a research project with our partner, Exequio, to define, discover, um, discover, define, and then express our EVP employer value proposition. Um, and that was like the first time, you know, that we, that Baxter had ever invested in this and looked at it. And so uh, we launched our employer brand on January 21st, 2021. So a little over a year ago. Yep. And since then um, I have helped build a career site from the ground up. We've launched a CRM for the first time at Baxter. Um, gosh, we've launched a brand activation platform. We have developed candidate personas. Um, Oh, and then we also acquired a company, you know, no big deal. So, which was like a second brand launch in December. And um, I was very busy in December, created uh, about 800 assets in 16 languages to welcome this new company to Baxter. Um, oh, wow. So it was like a second brand launch, but much bigger than the first one because people were already bought in and loved the brand. So, yeah, I've been, I've been busy, but loving it. <laughs> so, so, so you're not just sitting around. You get, no, you have I'm not sitting around. <laughs> So, okay. So you said something really interesting to me is that you launched a, a outside of North America, outside of us brand launch, right? So you're, so yes. you're not talking about a global delivery and I have felt that pain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can you give us, can you give us a little insight on sort of maybe what your biggest, um, your biggest, well, let's do both. Let's tell, tell me what your biggest challenge was. Mm -hmm. uh, right. So the biggest pain point for launching a global brand. And then yeah. let's, let's talk about your biggest victory. Part, okay. you're, part you're most proud of. Oh gosh, that's gonna. I, I'm I'm so proud of specifically our global talent acquisition um, organization because they've just done so much and it's just taken a village to really launch our brand. But um, yeah, let, I'm interrupting myself in answering your question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, so what was the challenge? So launching a global employer brand was extremely challenging, as you can imagine. Um, but my challenge wasn't where I thought it would be. So. I thought that my challenge would be selling the importance of an employer brand and getting people excited. Hmm. I thought that would be a challenge like, oh, you know, are people going to care? And like, why, why do we care about an employer brand? But that was not my challenge. I mean, people were ready. I mean, they were, they were ready and they embraced it and they validated it. And I had people, uh, when we launched January 21st last year, I saw on social media around the world, people saying, I've worked at Baxter for 30 years. I've always wanted this. I've always wanted to have a brand. Wow. This gives me this gives me a platform to share how I have felt about working here for decades. So yeah, lots of tears when I would read these comments of like, oh my gosh, people really wanted this. Like they wanted, they did, they might not have known, oh, it's called an employer brand, but they wanted kind of that framework and like that that strategy and that support and that resources. So um, that was shocking to me. And I was just elated, you know, seeing that, hey, that the desire was there. So my challenge wasn't getting people to care. My challenge is keeping up with the enthusiasm and momentum and ideas that flow in all of the time. So it's actually my my biggest challenge from day one until even today is just not to follow up on all of the ideas and all of the excitement that is there due to lack of resources. Mm. And I think even if I had a team of 50, it's just people are so excited. And like the last thing I want to do is have someone be demotivated because they can't carry their idea forward. So kind of interesting like that's been the challenge yeah that is yeah. a big one. i mean that it begs the question though how how big is the team that you're working with so 
<laughs> and growing my team this year. Um, cool. I have been a solo practitioner for a while. Um, I, I had one person that joined me um, on a contract basis, like she's incredible. So she's with me. And then for the first time I'm hiring, um, I have headcount now. So I, I'm hiring my first person, um, hopefully in the next week or so. And then I'll build my team from there um, globally because we're, we are in you know several countries around the world. So ideally, like I have someone for APAC, I have someone for EMEA, um, and then for the Americas as well. So yeah, it's growing. I, I mean, I'm grow, I'm growing my team this year. That's the big, that's one of the big things that, um, that I'm really excited about this year. That, that is exciting. Is there, is, is this stuff already so far in motion? It's okay. Or should we, should we give somebody a link or URL they can go to it? Is it workwithallisoncruz.com? Is there somewhere we should send them? <laughs> um, URL discomfort, just by the way. <laughs> No, as as the roles open up, I will definitely make a big splash on LinkedIn. So um, for everybody listening, please connect with me on LinkedIn. That would be great. Um, but yeah, I will I will for sure be posting these roles as they open up. Nice. Well, look. You, so we talk about um, not just team growth, but launching brand in different markets and people being excited and having the infrastructure yeah. to support that, right? Yeah. And feeling really pumped. I think what I heard you say is feeling really pumped about being able to give them the tools or build the tools to roll out with it. But yeah. Did you run into any uh, glocalization? Do Do you remember the term glocal when that <laughs> you know when that sort of hit our scene? I mean, is is there is there an element of it's a hundred percent this brand everywhere, yeah. or is there is is the brand some a little more of a living entity for you? How, how does Allison sort of handle that? Yeah. So that is a um, that has been challenging for me because um, it's really important to me that like I'm never demotivating somebody who's excited and wants to, you know, be a brand ambassador. I mean, that's the last thing I want to do. But at the same time, I do have to be protective of the brand as well, especially a new brand, you know, it's still, it's still in a fragile state, you know, in some areas, right, where I have to be protective of it. Um, so there's been times where, you know, our employer brand headline is, uh, this is where, and it's followed by like a sub headline after that, depending on your target audience and what the statements used for. Um, and then we also have a brand line where your purpose accelerates our mission. We've mm -hmm. had translation challenges in both areas. So that has been tricky because in some languages, the statements don't really translate um, as, as we would want them to. Like, it doesn't mean the same thing, you know? Like, so we've had to, I've had to be a little flexible and like, okay, well, instead of translating exactly like, accelerates for example that might not resonate that word might not resonate in another language so yeah. i needed to be flexible be like okay we can slightly change the brand line in that language to make it resonate better um locally so that's kind of one example um, another example is there's been a lot of ideas to have like different mascots or maybe avatars or cartoon characters to represent the brand and that's not on brand but there's some local teams that you know want to have a mascot for our employer brand for example yeah. and i need to not be us centric right and be like oh no you know like that's not a thing and maybe mm -hmm. in like american culture like i can't be like that because i'm a global leader right but i also have to be protective of the brand so it's working out those things and i love it i get a kick out of it. i learn something new every single day here and i love being part of a global organization because those little lessons learned along the way like I wouldn't have that if I was just working nationally, you know, just in the U.S. So I, I get a kick out of it, Chris. I love it. I, Allison, I have to tell you. So you say I'm having all these flashbacks. I, so I remember my first global brand work and there were 
cartoon character mascots and a dancing gif bear and uh, like in these other countries and i would look at that and think what is this but but when you connect with the people that are in those markets you understand why it is sort of an important piece or why you know they're passionate about what to to us might look a little dated or a little off yep it it is no small task uh slowing your role to to listen and identify so i applaud you for that Uh, but then also figuring out how do you gently say we we need a middle ground right how do you gently figure that out that's that's not easy it's like case by case it's not even Mm -hmm. like i can't have a blanket statement of like okay i will always do this i will always respond in that way but i think what you said is so important like slowing down and really seeking to understand like, okay, so what does this mean? Like, what what, what does this mean in this local context? Mm-hmm. Um, because like the last thing that I should do or will do is just say, no, that doesn't align. Nope, sorry, next, that's terrible. Like that's, that's awful, so I'm not gonna do that. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's case by case, it's a delicate <laughs> line. <laughs> so Allison, um, I know we have talked in the past about the importance of personas. Uh, yeah. When you're building employment brand, did did you incorporate? Um, did you incorporate any persona work in this brand launch? And okay, so you're nodding. And if you did, yes. How how does that play uh, across borders? Oh my gosh! So uh, I am so excited because we're really at the beginning of our journey because we just have we just have them created like a go. Um, they were just finalized. So we partnered with Exactly, who's our employer brand partner, and they did global research interviews, et cetera, to define nine candidate personas. We've got nine that um, align with our major career areas or job family groups. Um, And then we've defined them and each one um, is a standard persona that you might think of, like it's got, you know, motivators, like ways people find out, you know, that persona finds out about career opportunities, what could stand in that persona's way, et cetera. Um, They all come with like a, a cute name, like there's Finance Fiona, um, like it's, so it's all like kind of cute names like that with a um, you know a, a person a face you know so they have a name and a face um, to really bring them to life and so they're just created now and now our next step is a we have a 2022 roadmap of how we will implement them across different platforms projects initiatives etc. So to give you an example, um, last week we had an LinkedIn email training. And we, we, we were weaving in the persona. So here's the anatomy of the persona. Yeah. Um, here's the message map, because each persona comes with a message map. And here's how you take bits from the persona and you weave it into your in-mail. So we did that. We're also working within Textio to take our personas and weave them into our job postings. So it's like all of these different areas across like our digital ecosystem, across our re- recruitment marketing strategy, um, there are spots to be weaving in personas. And it's ongoing. Personas are living and breathing. Our career yep. sites living and breathing, like there's all these living and breathing things um, <laughs> that need my constant attention. Um, but the persona is definitely like can be will elevate our content, um, allow us to be more personalized, et cetera. So, yeah, it's yep. we're at the beginning stages when we get into things like um, weaving in inclusion, diversity and belonging, when we go into like country specific, career level specific. I mean, the, the sky's the limit with personas. I, You can tell I'm kind of geeking out. I, I love personas. I just love them. Uh, I'm so excited that we have nine of them now to start with um, and that now we're going to be activating them. So the week of March 14th, I'm having um, deep dive workshops with Global TA. 
And so I'll have different sessions where, you know, I'm sitting down with, you know, talent acquisition and saying, okay, great. In this situ situation, here's how you embed it in a social media post, et cetera. So oh, I'm excited. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you should be. Look, I mean, the whole idea of putting like personas together is daunting. I mean, yes. let alone let alone nine, mm. and then taking on the yeah. approach of weaving them into employment communications and your job postings. I mean, is that is that something by and large you do uh, with your small but mighty team? Or I mean, how much do you have to rely on a Susan Lamott, like the Zaquio team, who are fantastic, by the way? But yeah. how much how much do you rely on them for that? So they. Um... So first of all, we wouldn't have personas without them because they're incredible. Um, and Susan's incredible. Her team's incredible. Jackie um, is incredible. And so they, the personas, our first step with the personas was just validating them. So I've met with different people across the org, like, hey, is this, does this make sense? Like, does this persona, is there any holes you want to poke into them? So we refine them a little bit, um, just a little bit based on kind of talking to hiring managers or TR, whatever. Now they are validated, signed, sealed, delivered. So now they're ready to go. Um, Exactly helped put together a quick start guide. And I loved how they did it. They actually built it in Canva and then sent me like an edible version of the guide because the guide is, this is like my phrase of the day, living and breathing, right? So yeah. I have an editable version of the quick start guide, which I think was so smart on Exactly's part to like give me the option then that I can say, okay, now we're gonna talk about embedding it in a LinkedIn post. Good, I'm gonna add a page to the quick start guide. Um, so it's very much that like partnership with Exactly where they're empowering me as I empower others. You know, and it just keeps going. <laughs> well, I love going. that. I think the use yeah. of Canva for that is really brilliant, right? It's simple. Yes. It's and it's easy to get into and easy to manage. So that's right. Defining and, at, yep. and it, yeah, well, for sure. And you've got so you've got uh, the definition of the personas. Yep. The organizational buy-in, right? Leadership buy-in, yep. and then the rollout into this delivery model or this uh, this persona book, brand book, right? Yes. In the Canva space. Yes. Soup to nuts for where you are today from persona work. How long did that take? Uh, okay. So the personas project, I want to say to develop them. Oh gosh, man, it was like only last fall. And why am I not remembering this? I want to, I want to say three to four months. That's pretty fast. Um, yeah, I mean, and that was all exactly that was all of them going out. I mean, we we supplied kind of nominations and then they had like their confidential interviews with people around the world, making sure we had people from all different countries all over the world like represented. Um, so that process was really key to get right up front is selecting the people that we were going to interview. We don't want outliers. We don't want like super top crazy performers. We don't really want really low performers. It's like what's a what's a typical research and development person at Baxter, what are they like, you know? So kind of yeah. wanted to get the middle of that bell curve. Um, so yeah, so so soup to nuts. I mean, that the developing was, I want to say three to four months. Um, and then the kind of review and validation of them was another month. Um, and then now the part about like rolling them out and, and, and teaching them to TA, that's our those are our stakeholders for the, the personas as TA. Yep. They're the ones that are going to be the now leveraging them. But initially, because after that, I want to talk with HR and talent management on how to use them to retain. So it's not, they're not just marketing pieces. Now they're, so, so I've got plans for these babies. I've got, <laughs> so soup to nuts, uh, Chris Gosh, like to get to where we are today, I'd say took 
roughly six months, but we're at the beginning. I mean, this is yeah. going to be all year, all year and into next year and the year after that. So it's the long game for sure. Love that. Long game. Yeah. Yeah. So, Personas are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Allison, um, take us out with one, one thing you'd tell uh, someone who maybe looks at all of this and thinks it's really overwhelming, doesn't know where to start. Maybe they're in need of a refresh or they're in need of a new launch. Like what would you tell a branding colleague, marketing colleague yeah. in this space that you have learned over the last couple of years that you really wish you had known? Like what's something you know now that you wish you would have known two years ago? Yeah. So I'd say that a key part, I think of the, the successful launch and activation of our brand and what I would tell, you know, other branding colleagues would be, it's crucial to take people with you. It's crucial to take people with you. And I break it down in kind of three buckets, um, fill the minds, equip the hands, win the hearts. And so I'm doing all three of those constantly <laughs> and I have to, and I, that's the advice I would give is take people with you by fill the minds, equip the hands, win the heart. So fill the minds. What do people need to understand about the brand and how to activate it? Teach them what is in it for them. So depending on which group I'm talking to about the brand, mm -hmm. I tailor that approach to their needs, their KPIs, their goals. How is the brand going to help empower them, make them more successful at what they are trying to do? So I'm custom, kind of like personas, I'm customizing my approach with any internal stakeholder group. What do they need to know about the brand? to understand it, to get bought in, to be a brand ambassador. Equip the hands. What can I give them? What tools, resources, platforms, technologies, et cetera? Like what can I give them to equip them, to empower them, to enable them? Mm -hmm. And then and then win the hearts. So a uh, quick example of that is, I think it's one thing for a company to say, we're diverse, we're, inclu we're inclusive. Um, and what, it, any company can claim that. But to really win the hearts and to show that, show, not tell, that's your employee stories. So help yeah. people use their voice and share their experiences about times that they felt a sense of belonging, where they were included, et cetera, or they're part of some program or business resource group or whatever. So um, that's how you win the hearts is like true, authentic storytelling internally and externally. Um, also, you can win the hearts with data. So show somebody how to see the analytics on their own linkedin post for example like mm -hmm. holy crap like, look at the analytics on my own linkedin post that's great show them career site data show them time to fill show them whatever whoever your audience is um but kind of you could win the hearts also with data i love it minds hands and hearts it's wonderful yes All that right. wasn't a quick answer but you know it was a wonderful answer. It's great. Allison, I cannot wait until we can break bread together. I miss, yes. I miss, I miss, I miss our dinners uh, and catching up with everybody. So I look forward to that soon. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been a really fun conversation. I appreciate it. It's been so fun. Thanks for having me, Chris. You bet. Always, always happy to have you on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.